You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 32. Today, we're learning from Eric Schultz, who is a lean startup coach at John Deere. Stay with us as he tells about how they're using lean methodologies typically found in the Valley to innovate at this iconic and massive company that is still built on big Midwestern tradition. Hi there, everyone. I'm Vicki, producer of Inside Outside Innovation. This is the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, uh, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries, all doing it with passion and precision. You can connect with our team on Twitter at The IO Podcast, and you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure that you stay up to date. Now, let's get started. So, okay, thinking about a lean startup coach for John Deere, I've never heard those two things put together in the same sentence. Uh, how long has John Deere been doing lean? Boy, our lean startup journey did not begin that long ago. Just, uh, it was only a few months ago that we did a boot camp, put three teams through a boot camp, and then took them all the way through a 12-week accelerator. Wow. And uh, that built up enough momentum that they created a position called lean startup coach. And because I was on one of those teams and, and got to know the uh, coaches pretty well and really fell in love with the process, Sure. Uh, I got put in that role of lean startup coach. As far as I know, the uh, first and only one uh, with that title at John Deere with actually lean startup in the title. So we we, uh, we have some managers in the area that I work that were excited enough about Lean Startup that they wanted to institutionalize it to the point where there was actually somebody who, who could make it their job to um, to get teams started and coach teams and build the competency and eventually hopefully be uh, the, the main Lean Startup resource for all of John Deere. That's fabulous. How many people work at John Deere, estimate-wise? Gosh, I, I used to say about 60,000, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure if that's correct. Still, though, for a large company like that in traditional uh, metal industries, yep like that to be able to think about applying lean that's very forward thinking yeah you know we like to talk about the challenges we have you know we're over 175 years old Mm -hmm. Um, we do agricultural equipment which people think of as very traditional right I mean uh, some of it's uh, essentially a a motor and a transmission and something you drag through the dirt and so trying to say that you know we are innovative and using innovative methods can be challenging for some people but I think that in the part of John Deere I work for that does uh, all of the technology, so it does our displays, which is our in-cab computers, we do our, our guidance stuff, and then we do our software side. That's where we've realized that, hey, we need to do some, some more innovative thinking, and we need to make sure that we are involving the customer to make sure that we sure. have uh, the right products that customers actually want, that actually solve customers' problems, rather than are just an exciting product to the engineers, but then when you go to sell it, uh, nobody actually wants to buy it. Uh, many times when you're iterating on software, you could do it a little bit quicker, maybe a little bit cheaper but when you are trying to figure out a new display i imagine or or new things on a track it's much costlier right and so it makes it even more important to start trying to de-risk things earlier on through good experiments and through good insights tell me about uh the beginning of that journey so you went through these boot camps you went through this accelerator what were some of your takeaways from really diving head first into lean startup at john deere yeah, I mean, it was really uh, kind of a trial by fire. You know, when uh, I was going to be on one of the teams that was going to be in the boot camp, and I knew that, but I had very little idea what that actually meant. I had read a little bit about Lean Startup, you know, kind of read Eric Reese's book and gotten excited about it. And so when I heard rumors that they were going to do a boot camp, I said, hey, I'd be willing to be on one of those teams. I'm kind of a process guy. I have, you know, an engineering background, and I'm also excited about innovating. 
And so uh, what we really didn't know much of what it meant to do a boot camp. Um, mm. And I think that might have been kind of on purpose. I think the organizers of the boot camp wanted to make sure that we had open minds and didn't have too many preconceived sure. notions. And so going into it, it was uh, it was definitely an eye-opening experience when they forced us on the second day to get out and talk to customers and do interviews and try to empathize with the customer. Um, there were a lot of challenges associated with that. Uh, we're not typically used to being able to just, uh, at the drop of a hat, get out and meet with customers. There's yeah. there's some challenges with the uh, dealer and customer relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot of lessons learned there about you know needing access to customers and how you can get quick access to customers. Since one of the things we learned very early on is that's kind of one of the main elements of Lean Startup, right, is, is, get, is getting that empathy from the customer and then being able to use them uh, for experiments to test those riskiest assumptions early and often. Uh, so definitely we learned a lot going through the boot camp. Um, we did a three-day boot camp, and then we immediately kicked off a 12-week accelerator for the three sure. teams that we had do the boot camp. And I think that was really important to make sure that we had kind of a, an end goal in mind, not just a, hey, you did a boot camp, now go out and just kind of apply this as you can. It was go out and kind of follow this this rough template and try to come back with some real wins in, in 12 weeks, you know, uh, an ideal end point. Um, we didn't end up getting as far as we thought we would, sure. but we learned so much along the way, which is really what Lean Startup is all about, right? It's, as Eric said this morning, what did you learn and how do you know, I think, Absolutely. or, or it was uh, what he was talking about. And we just learned so much that we got to the end and we said, okay, you know, maybe we didn't get as far as we would have liked, but now we know so much more about how we can do it better. You know, we learned about uh, co-locating the teams. You know, what the team I was on, we were spread uh, across two states, and we found out we could make such faster progress when we actually met in person. The, these tools that involve the the, st the sticky notes and and the charts on the wall are really powerful, and they're nice because they have that tangible aspect yeah. to them, and they force people to work together. But there really is no good virtual proxy for it. And I know people throw out, you know, Trello and some of these other tools, sure. but we just found that, you know, then people are disengaged. You know, are they paying attention to you or are they paying attention to the person that stopped by their desk, you know, if you're in a different location? And so we found in-person co-location was really key. Uh, and then the other thing was just having dedicated team members. Uh, you know, we found that, it, okay, we could say, well, you just need to be available for 60% of your time. But what it turns out is that the 60% that each individual team member is available is never the same 60% as the rest of the team. And you end up with all sorts of challenges. Next thing you know, a whole week goes by, you haven't been able to meet in person, and you haven't been able to, mm -hmm. to uh, sort out your insights from your latest customer interviews and sort out your insights from your latest experiments and design your next experiments, and, and it just really slows you down. So we got to the end, and, and we didn't get as far as we would have liked, but we really had a lot of good lessons learned. So I, I think everyone thought it was a resounding success, because really the whole thing was an experiment. It wasn't sure. just us going through uh, boot camp and then Accelerator doing experiments during the uh, accelerator, the whole thing was an experiment of can lean startup work at John Deere, you know, inside some of our normal processes. And so sure. that's where even if we didn't get as far as we would have liked on the specific projects, we can easily say that overall the experiment was a success. That so lean you did validate that hypothesis. It, yes, it we works. did. Yep, we validated that hypothesis. <laughs> and I think my job title is uh, is evidence of that, right? Absolutely. I mean, that they actually took that leap of faith to, to before we had some major top down, you know, the CEO was saying we have to do lean startup. This isn't, this isn't what we have right now. This is basically we had some quick wins at kind of a lower level, and some uh, the managers who recognize that are saying, you know, we, we could wait all we could wait forever for a, a huge top-down mandate to do lean startup, sure. or we can just start making it happen. And that's really, I think, what we did after the success that we had with the boot camp and the accelerator. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, we do hear from a lot of people, maybe in the middle of an organization, to say we really want to get started with this, but they throw up excuses of saying, well, we need CEO support or we need presidential support to be able to make this happen. Uh, it's pretty amazing that you did have enough light coverage there to be able to at least get started with something. 
and also to acknowledge that it can't just be a three-day thing, right? If you do that, you're not going to make very much of an impact at all, but really committing to it and working with it, I think, are, are extremely important. Those are great takeaways. Uh, can you give us a glimpse into what the next steps might be uh, now that you've got through these 12 weeks of the accelerator? Uh, what's the next step in your implementation going to be? Sure, yeah. Well, that's one of the main reasons that I'm here with uh, three other people from John Deere is we have some ideas about what we want to do next. We have some potential projects and some teams that we really want to apply the Lean Startup methodology with again. And we're here to see, okay, we, uh, we went through the process and we learned a lot. But should we be doing it exactly the same way next time? Or are, are there some other uh, approaches out there that we can implement? Sure. So, you know, we want to learn from what we did and also learn from what else is out there and make sure that we, we do the most optimal solution going forward. So, you know, we're talking to uh, different coaches, talking to other enterprises that are implementing Lean Startup to say, what can we learn from them? You know, how did they overcome this roadblock that we're running into right now? And that's helping us uh, design what we'll be doing going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, just a quick question. You and I are both from the Midwest. That's right. Uh, sometimes we get branded as not having a lot of innovative or creative stuff there because we're not out there on the coast. What I love about this example is John Deere being so emblematic, uh, of an extremely important brand worldwide, uh, but also emblematic, really, of the Midwest, uh, that you are actually taking great strides ahead to be just as innovative as the people out here. Uh, have you actually seen uh, potentially some other advantages that have come from being in the Midwest and trying to adopt things like lean startup or innovation? Uh, do you, are you able to harness any of the, the Midwestern niceties or, or any of the other stuff that allows you to be able to innovate that much faster? Sure. I mean, I think at its most basic form, something you just mentioned is the Midwest niceties. You know, it's so basic and so important that you get out and talk to customers early and often as part of the Lean Startup process. Um, our customers are typically very nice and very open to talking with us uh, and open to, you know, describing what they do, describing what their problems are and helping us really empathize with them. And everybody who works for John Deere is also has that same mindset. You know, they're easy to talk to. They like talking to customers. So I've kind of heard over and over from some of these enterprise uh, companies, even here at the conference, they say, you know, our initial thought is don't let the engineers talk to the customers. I've never heard anybody inside John Deere say that. Cool. I mean, people know that our customers are accepting and people know that all of our employees are friendly and they know how to talk to customers and a lot of them even have farming backgrounds so they can instantly relate to the customers. And so I think that, you know, just the kind of the Midwest nice thing has helped us in general. I mean, anything that you have to deal with other people, um, you know, those core values and, and the Midwest yeah. nice attitude is going to help you. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, I don't think we're disadvantaged by being in the Midwest. I think our people are just as innovative and creative as the coast. I think that we just get a bad rap because we don't have the, the big brand names associated. You know, we don't have a Facebook that's located in, in the Midwest and we don't have, a, you know, some of these other big companies that are on Absolutely. the coast. So I think that it won't be long before, you know, John Deere has some more traction with the lean startup and then people will be saying, hey, you know, John Deere's in the Midwest. They're innovative. They're using this process. You know, next year, the year after, I'd love to be uh, doing one of these, you know, Ignite talks about, yeah, about yeah. our experiences or maybe even one of the breakout sessions. Uh, you know, I went to a great session where Cisco talked about their startup Cisco. I mean, you know, why, why can't that be John Deere in a couple of years um, telling everybody Absolutely. about our success? And then I think we'll be putting Midwest on the map in terms of lean startup. That's Eric. That's a great point. Uh, what I'd love to do is over the coming months, as you keep figuring these things out, we'd love to keep touching base with you to understand kind of what the journey is and as we're moving along. So thank you so much for stopping by uh, the Inside Outside podcast uh, and hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it, and I'm happy to get the word out about Lean Startup at, at John Deere and the and the uh, successes we're having and, and the goals that we're setting to continue on with Lean Startup. Absolutely. One final thing, if anybody wants to learn any more about John Deere or what you're working on or any of those things. Sure, you can uh, get a hold of me via my email. It's uh, Schultz, Eric R at John Deere. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z-E-R-I-C-R at J-O-H-N-D-E-E-R-E.com. There's only two E's in there, no matter how many you heard. But if you can't spell John Deere, then we probably have bigger problems. Then good luck. Good luck. All right, Eric. Thank you, man. Yep, thank you. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. A big thank you to Eric for joining us on the show this week. We'd love to connect with you on Twitter and iTunes or on our website, InsideOutside.io. If you've got a topic you'd like to hear about, let us know and we'll try to answer your questions or find someone smarter than us who can. So until next week, go out and innovate.